Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are So, uh, so I wanted to show you what I took pictures of. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, put the first one up. So I'm, I'm here, this is my driveway. So I started and look how black that is. It's like extremely black. The driveway is horrible. So I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I have to, I have to take a picture of this. Um, cause I want to do like a before after, you know? And, uh, as I was going through it, of course, what happens is, Anybody go through, do something, and then you start having, like, bright ideas? Like, when, when, when something's difficult or you're struggling through something, then you're like, man, how can I make this go faster? How can I do, what can I do about this that I can make this process a lot quicker? Um, and then I was thinking, like, maybe a, a huge nozzle that, you know, because the nozzles, they, especially when you want them really, really powerful, they're tight nozzles. So it's just, like, little, little small pieces that you're getting. But I just, I, I can do, like, one soup with just one soup just take out a whole section i'm like man i'm gonna i'm gonna invent that i think i'm gonna patent something like that so i'm getting all creative and then of course as i get creative my mind goes and and i don't know about you guys but i know when i say something like oh my god i have such an amazing idea whenever that comes out of my mouth that gets a little scary ladies don't don't say amen to that okay just just look up here Guys, all right, got you, don't worry about it. But I know me, when I say I have a great idea, my wife is probably thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. She's already freaking out. And thank God she wasn't there. Oh, by the way, that's not the driveway. That's the sidewalk. But that's another message because I was supposed to do the driveway. I ended up doing the sidewalk. So, so I'm doing the, and then what happens is this is my great idea. Go to the next picture. I'm thinking, you know what I want to do? If I'm going to be doing this and I just I start having these amazing ideas, I'm going to do a, an elephant so that when my daughter comes around, she sees an elephant and she's going to love it. Yay! You know? So I'm like, oh, great, an elephant. And I'm like, I'm going to leave it right there. And then when I do the elephant, then, of course, my mind starts going more. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, this is amazing. So then I do a fish. So I do a fish because I had a section. I had a whole huge section. And I'm like, oh. She loves fish. She loves fish. She's going to love this when she sees it. It's like a, like a, I don't know, like a, like a shark kind of thing, right? Like a fish shark, whatever. And then, of course, when you're thinking fish, you think cross, right? Fish cross? No? Yeah, right? Like, like, that's like, if you think fish, of course, your spiritual mind starts going on that. And you're like, what? Fish cross, bro, you know? So, so I did the cross. It's like, it's pretty good, right? With the energy and everything. Come on, give it up, give it up. So, you know, and when I did that, I was like, that's so from the Lord. Because now when my neighbors see it, they're going to be like, oh, this guy believes in God. Forget that. I don't have to go to their house to preach. Just, just do the cross. That's it. I did a little cross. And I thought that was a great idea. Oh, my God. And, and, and you know what? I'm preaching to the people. I'm, I'm helping my my daughter, she's going to have fun with all these little figures that I'm putting on the ground. It goes together perfectly, right? But the, I looked at it. I was like, 
And I started thinking about my wife. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, maybe, I don't know if, if she's going to like that. That's like, that's dirt, right? That's dirt. I mean, I don't know. I, I started thinking, maybe this is not from God. Maybe this is not that great of an idea. I mean, so, so what I did is I thought better of it, and I just took it all out. I just like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I, I can just hear something go wrong when, when my wife gets home. And, and so I just don't, I want to avoid it. So let me just, I thought better of it. I, I took it all out, and, it, and I left it with a blank slate. Just, I mean, that's why they invent sidewalk chalk, right? I mean, I, we don't need to do this, sidewalk chalk, right? Right, so when my, when my daughter gets home finally, um, it, was, it worked out perfectly. I'm glad I took it all out because, oh, she, she's like, oh, Blanco, Blanco. You know, she saw the sidewalk and she's, Blanco, I got it. And she got the sidewalk chalk and she starts writing all over it. But what, I, what happened is towards the end of this, I saw how nasty and dirty I was. I was, I was cleaning the sidewalk, going through the whole process. I got really dirty in it. And, and it got me to thinking of, of just one person who was called to actually be in a dirty process. Okay? Somebody who was called to, to live in that dirt, to actually dig. And it's, it was some, it was a, it's funny because it's a study that I did before. And that person's name is Jonah. And I want to go to there. Those of you who have your Bible, take them out. Amen? Um, Jonah 1, Jonah chapter 1. I, wanna, I want you guys to go to that, uh, that chapter. Jonah, when I first read the story of Jonah, um, I, I, you know, you read the story and it's the story where he goes to a land. He's, he, he's sent to, to send a message. But I wanted, I, would, I wanted to get something deeper with Jonah. I, wanted, I was looking for something else in that story. And I, it's funny because when you read the story, you don't, get that he was called to to get dirty you don't get that when you read the story but when you start coming into where he was from and what certain words meant his land his name and and where he grew up in and his family then it gives you it gives you a, a lot better picture of who Jonah really was and what he was called to do Jonah and if you look in other books like in Kings it says that he grew up in a land called Gethkafer, okay? He grew up in a land called Gethkafer, and this land, Gethkafer, actually means winepress of digging. Or, or also it means winepress of the well. So when I first heard that, I'm like, I, I don't really understand that. Winepress of digging, okay, I guess. I mean, he, went, he would lived in a land called winepress of digging, but... As I dug a little deeper, I, I realized that his father's name is his father's name is Amittai, and what that meant is my truth. So I'm like, okay, something's happening. I'm cl something's clicking inside of me right now, but I, I'm I'm still not really getting anything, Lord. What? Who is this Jonah, man? Because it didn't make sense the way he responded later on in the chapters when he was sent. It didn't make sense to me, kind of. So as I'm as I'm kind of pondering this, I realized that Jonah's name means dove and and we know that dove is a representation of the spirit of god right that's what we know when when especially when jesus uh, was being baptized we see that that whole thing come about the spirit of god as a dove come upon him so so to me when i when i was putting this together i was like okay something you're trying to say something here this is what i got when i was looking up who jonah trying to get a deeper understanding of who jonah was and this is what I got. I, I, I learned that it was, Jonah was, was an individual who grew in, up in a land uh, where he was pressed through delving deeper in his father's truth. 
And, and the reason he was, he was being pressed through digging, digging a well, okay, being in that well, getting deeper with God is because God wanted him to function in his calling. We know that he was a prophet, but his calling really was his name. His name was Dove, to function under the spirit of God. How many of you guys can say amen to that? So, you know, I, this really, really got to me. And, I, and, I, and I, this is the connection I made to Jonah when I was pressure washing. I mean, he was getting dirty. Jonah was called to dig. He was called to dig and he was getting pressed. How many people could say amen? If when God is calling you closer to him, you're feeling pressed a little more. Something's going on when you're getting close. When you're not getting close to God, things, thank you very much. Oil. Anybody want to get, pray for you with oil, man. That's it. It'll go down right now. Um, so he was, he was definitely called to dig and get pressed in that process of digging, of getting closer to God. And anybody, everybody, anybody here mudded before? Been mudding? You've been mudding? Oh, Bessie's done it all, bro. Betsy's done it all. She, nobody else? Mudding? Oh, my God. Wait a second. All these girls have been mudding. I haven't even been mudding. I got to go next week. You've been mudding? Okay. Why didn't you guys raise your hand before, man? What the heck? <laughs> mudding. I've never been mudding. But if you go down 137th Avenue, Southwest 8th Street, they're always out, of there, out there mudding. And, you know, when I leave here, my, my wife's parents live by there. So I stop by the gas station there, and they're always there gassing up. And the guys are from head to girls, head to toe with mud. I mean, when you see them, you have no doubt in your mind where they came from. They came, they came from right there, that corner, mudding. It was, they have no part of them that's not covered in that mud. You see it. If you get close to them, I'm sure you start smelling it. And if you touch those individuals, you're going to get dirty too. And that's what God is calling. And that's what God is not just calling Jonah, but he's calling us to get dirty. He's calling us into that well. There's a land, there's a process that God wants us to stay in, like Jonah. He wants us going mudding eternally. Let's go, dude, after this. Let's go mudding. Amen? So God, God goes ahead and, and we read in the first verses. I want to take you there. Let's read it. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has come up before me. Verse 2, verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So God sent, or wanted to send Jonah, call him into a land called Tarshish. I want you guys to say something, because this is going to stick with you, especially as we get deeper into this. Say, take it with you. No, no, that was weak, man. I mean, listen, I know maybe we're missing a couple people. It's summertime, people. But I, I need, that has to be a lot higher, a lot louder. Take it with you. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's good. That's good. Okay. Take it with you. Think, God wanted him to go to this land called Nineveh to share a message, Okay. But God, when God calls us or God sends us somewhere to share a message, to do something, he doesn't necessarily want, he doesn't necessarily call us out of our land. He wants us 
to go somewhere, but he's not calling us out of the process that he wants us to stay in. And so God is calling him to Nineveh to share a message. Now, the message that Jonah was going to share with them was actually a message of, of judgment. It was actually a message of warning. He was going to tell the people of Nineveh, listen, if you don't turn from your wickedness, if you don't turn from your ways, the judgment of God is going to come and, you're going to, and your land is going to be destroyed. But we, something that's very interesting here is that Jonah actually ran away. Now, that tells me a couple things. I, I, I learned that when we're feeling stuck somewhere, right? When we're somewhere and, and we're feeling stuck in a process, we're feeling stuck in a job. Be Betsy just got a job. She was probably feeling stuck. Amen? When we're feeling stuck, we feel that we got to go somewhere. So what I'm thinking is, in, the process, in this process that Jonah was going through, he lost focus somewhere. Somewhere along the line there, there was, there was a focus. Because maybe he was feeling stuck where he was. I don't know, maybe, maybe Jonah lost focus and, and, in, and he lost maybe some kind of significance of where he was. Maybe uh, it was, it was, he wasn't feeling that significance or that relevance where his position was, where, he, where it was near God, where he was called to stay in and process. And that can happen, you know. I think that, I think that might be what happened to Jonah. And so instead of staying there, he ran from what God was calling him to do. Instead of taking what God was calling him to stay in with him. Now, you guys might think that's a weird concept. This whole take it with you. Take your well with you. Take your digging. Take your process with you. It doesn't even sound like it's something that you can really do. But I'm going to prove to you today that this concept of taking your well with you actually happened. And actually is called for us to move in. As, as we live this Christian life for ourselves, for God, actually. Amen? So, so he loses focus, and he doesn't take it with him. In fact, he goes somewhere else. And just like I did, Jonah, at that time, as, after he loses focus, he starts having his own ideas of what God is supposed to do, of what God's calling actually looks like. And, and we can apply this not just to our lives on an everyday basis, but in a spiritual sense, sometimes we do the same thing. We start having these bright ideas of when God calls us, how it's supposed to look like, what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go. And I think that's exactly what happened to Jonah. And we see it in chapter 4, verse 2. Jonah 4, 2, it says, I'm, I'm going to start with one. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. Uh, now, we're not just talking about when he left to another land how God was calling him. No, what he actually thought was wrong was that the message that Jonah sent would actually cause those individuals in Nineveh to turn from their way. So Jonah didn't actually think that that was just, that that should happen. So what happens when we read it, it says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became very angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. He tried to stall God out from going to a land or being called sent to a land to share a message because he felt that God maybe shouldn't do it that way. Or maybe he thought as he was having his great bright ideas that he understood exactly how God could do this. So 
he goes to a land and he goes through a port called Joppa. Joppa uh, actually means beautiful. Uh, he goes through that, that, that port land and he ends up in another land, okay, uh, which is Tarshish. Something, uh, as I'm thinking about this, something really touched me because um, I think sometimes we, 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 we do that. We'll flee. We'll have our own great bright ideas. And for that reason, sometimes it causes us to behave certain ways or do certain things. So in this case, he, he, he started running from God. He fled. But isn't it so true that sometimes God's calling or if we lose focus in that well, in that digging, sometimes we don't flee from God. There's some of us that as we're, as we seek God or we're going through this process, if we lose focus on him, if we stop digging, some, sometimes we start actually pushing God. If we feel we're called somewhere, instead of fleeing, actually we start saying, you know, God, I think, we, I think I'm ready. I think I need to start doing this now. I think maybe this is the way you should do it. Uh, it makes sense to me. You see, and so we start pushing into God. So some of us flee from God. Some of us actually might start pushing into God, thinking that, you know, I'm ready. I really am ready. I think this is how it should go. Some of us don't even do that. Some of us, and, and I'm not talking about this, just this body here, but the church in itself, I think some of us sometimes haven't even been in it. Sometimes we haven't dug. Sometimes we haven't spent time in that well. Sometimes we haven't just gotten dirty with God. So we really don't know what that's like. And then yet again, some of us have gotten dirty. We, we've spent our time in the Lord. We're, we're digging. We're getting into depth with the Lord. We're staying in that well. But the problem is we don't know how to go and get into other people's dirt. Amen? We, we don't know how, what it is to come out of our own minds of, of what's going on in our lives and thinking about what they might need. What, maybe they need me to take my well to them so that their dirt can be cleaned. Amen? It's the, this week, actually, I was blessed by, by my wife. She, uh, she started telling me from, from the message last week, she really started telling me, she told me something that really blessed me. And she was saying, you know, I feel like God is telling me that he wants to do something through me. And I feel like he's telling me that he wants me to, uh, some, or calling me into healing. And I was like, wow. I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's, 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 that's amazing. You know, I was, but what she told me after that was what really blessed me. And she told me, you know, uh, I, it's scary. She told me it's scary. I was like, you know, she, she says, it's, I'm, I think I'm scared of that. And the reason it blessed me is she wasn't taking God's word and running from it. She, wasn't, she didn't hear God's voice and say, no way. No way, I, I can't do that. She wasn't fleeing from God's call in her life. But at the same time, she wasn't saying, man, you know what? It's, God's told me that I need to do this. And I think I just got to do this. I just, I just think I should be that person because sometimes we don't feel relevant until we're actually moving in this apparent calling that God has for us. So what I was blessed by was that Jenny, when she heard what God was telling her, she didn't flee from God, yet she wasn't trying to push into it. She simply said, Lord, if that's what you want from me, go for it. But the next thing she said was really amazing. She says, 
I just think there's too many things that God wants to do with me right now. Wow. I, that really hit me because I felt the same way. I, f- I feel like God maybe wants to take me some places. He's told me some things. Yes, I've, I've heard his voice. I, I really feel like God is pulling me into something or taking me somewhere. But, but the truth is that I feel that there's so many things that God wants to do in me right now that all I want to do is stay in that process. All I want to do is stay in that well and just keep seeking, keep, keep digging, keep getting dirty in the Lord. And he's going to do it. I mean, I know he's going to take me. But if I just take that well, wherever I go, if I take that with me, you, know, you see, I've been all four of those people. I've, I've been all four of those people that I mentioned. I've been the person that fled from the Lord. I've been the person that tried to push God into something that maybe I felt was going to make me relevant. I, I, I was the person that didn't even get dirty. I, I avoided it. I, I, I was the person that was really into the Lord, was really spending time with the Lord, but the problem is that I really never paid attention to anybody else. I think we could all find ourselves somewhere along the lines of that. So where did Jonah go is the question. He, he, like I said, he went to Tarshish. Now, this is very relevant because, as I said, he went through the port of Joppa, which is a land called Beautiful, and where he ended up, where, where Jonah ended up was actually in Tarshish. Now, Tarshish is a land that, that's, uh, that means yellow jasper. And this is very relevant, guys, because when we look at what yellow jasper represented, it, it represented wisdom and spiritual discernment. I want you to think about that for a second. Because, because it was something actually that was used by priests. Think about this. It was, it was something used by priests. So, so that they can actually have uh, a guide or help into something, uh, into like uh, physical travels or spiritual work. Think about Jonah right now. Where's Jonah going? He's going to another land called Tarshish. But Jonah was seeking something spiritual in something earthly. Think about it. Jonah went to a land called Yellow Jasper that represented something spiritual. Come on. Jonah was seeking something spiritual in something earthly because the earthly land or the earthly thing that he went to represented something spiritual. I'm going to say that again. Jonah was seeking something spiritual in something earthly because the earthly land or that earthly stone represented something spiritual. Catch this, guys. Jonah was seeking the Lord in something that we call spiritual. But it was really something earthly that represented something spiritual. And don't we do that sometimes? When we're seeking the Lord or or, or we feel God taking us somewhere and we feel it's our purpose to, to go to this land or to do this or that, we try to find our relevance in that thing that God called us to do. When God is not saying, hey, that's when you're actually going to become relevant. When you go there, you finally made it. No, he's saying, listen, it's through your process that I'm going to take you there. And all I need for you to do is take it with you. That's all God wants you to do. He was finding identity in something earthly. Um, and it was something that maybe he thought was going to help him discern what God was asking him to do. Can't we do that sometimes? We'll question hey, is this really the voice of God? Maybe it's not. Maybe I should spend some time really understanding what, that's good. 
That's good. But the problem is when we're seeking discernment, spiritual discernment through something earthly, instead of the other way around, letting God take you there, there's no push, there's no pull. They're simply staying in your well, staying in your process. Amen? There's, you know, Jonah showed me an earthly perspective of what process is all about. What does this world tell you about what process is? It says there's a purpose to what you're going through. There's a purpose to that process. So, so don't worry about it. You're going to get through this, and it's going to take you somewhere. And that, it's that mentality that makes us think, it's when I get there, when I finally made it. Isn't that true? And, and I think sometimes we take this idea, this uh, cultural or earthly way of thinking, and we sometimes apply it to our spiritual lives. And I, I think God is telling us something different through this story. It, it, it's opening up another way of thinking than what we think when we're just here on earth living our daily lives. We think that there's a means to an end, okay? And God is saying something else. I think a spiritual perspective of process is not that the purpose, there's a purpose to the process, but I think a spiritual perspective of process is that there's a purpose in the process. Come on. There's a purpose inside our process. You know what? Listen to what Regal said last week, and this, this hit me because I, I didn't get this until after I was writing it. He says this. He says, our life, okay, is not defined by what we do for him, but how deep you go with him. Wow. Wow. Isn't that so much digging? Isn't that really telling you there's a well that we're supposed to be digging? He says, our life, our identity, our relevance, our purpose is not defined by what we do for him, but how deep our location, how deep you go with him. If you live in process, you're not going to be frustrated with purpose. My gosh, when are they going to recognize me? Am I going to be here forever? Am I going to, when am I finally going to be able to go full time? When am I going to finally be able to be known? When are people going to see what I'm actually doing? Purpose. You keep thinking that's your purpose. There's a problem with that. He's saying, listen, there's nowhere else I want you right now. There's nowhere else I'm ever going to want you. I want you to stay in that well and I want you to keep digging. That's it. He glories in our location, not in what our, what our location can produce. And I want to prove that to you. Remember I said, take it with you? I want to prove to you that there is definitely a difference between earthly perspective and spiritual perspective. When, when Jesus was 12 years old, when Jesus was 12 years old um, in Luke 2.47, and you, you guys can go there. Luke 2.47. I'm going to read it. It says this. He was in the, I'm going to give you the background of the story. Basically, um, his parents were walking back home after being in Jerusalem. And after some time, you know, kind of put yourself in the story here, guys. The guy's 12 years old. Jesus is 12 years old. guy, Jesus. He's 12 years old. I know him, you know. I know him. That I do. I know him personally. Um, so he's walking. They're walking. And I guess 12 years old, you're a little bit more lenient, right, with your kids. You let them wander a little bit, right? You expect them to, to be following you. So when they realize that he's not with them, they go back to the city freaking out. How many parents? 
in here. If your child, man, if, if your child is, you don't know where they are, they're not by you, and you've been walking for some time, especially think about it, you don't have a car, you got to go back walking. A day's journey, you got to go back, and the first, what's going through your mind is you're, you're dying inside, you're exploding, right? Oh, my God, where is he? What could happen to him? Please, Lord, don't make it. I hope, I hope he didn't, you know, die and make sure that he's okay. If I said something to him wrong, I'm so sorry. I don't want him to think bad. I, I hope. And, and you start thinking about all these things. Imagine you're going crazy until you find your daughter or your son. So finally they get back to the temple and Jesus is there. He's listening. Jesus is listening and then he's asking questions and he's, and he's responding to these teachers in the temple. So it says here in verse 47, it says, everyone who heard him as he was asking questions and giving answers was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And then it says, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. This story, it's funny because when I really got into it, I learned a lot more than I didn't know before. I mean, I had ideas, but this is really amazing. See, the word amazed that, that was used uh, to describe what the teachers, how the teachers responded to what he was saying and what he was asking, actually, the Greek word is existemi, right? And that means to be thrown into wonderment. To be beside themselves. Like, what is coming out of this kid's mouth? That's ridiculous. So much that they had a hard time understanding what he was saying. A 12-year-old to teachers and scholars was blowing their mind away. It's called, and the word that they use is ecstasy. But it's so, you know, I, sometimes it really bothers me. Translations don't grab it all sometimes. And there's so much meat, there's so much relevance in what, the original Greek and Hebrew translation the words meant. And listen to this. Now, when it's talking about purpose, uh, sorry, when it's talking about being amazed and astounded, when it was talking about what his parents felt when he saw when they saw that. Okay, so I know for a fact, and yeah, you can tell for sure, if they walk in and they see uh, their 12-year-old son teaching a bunch of teachers, they're, they're like, whoa, this is insane. But the word actually is that's the Greek word. And that means to expel by a blow or to drive out. All right, so, so yes, he, he blew the teacher's minds away when he was sharing. But I believe that this is telling us something else. I believe that once you find your child and you're like, oh, oh, he's safe, thank God. Oh, yes, I know, middle finger back up. You know, right? You, you really get, you, you get pissed at that moment. How do you dare, young man, leave us and leave without us? You cannot go anywhere without us. You have to make sure these. I always tell my daughter, take my hand, dude. And then she starts going like this. I'm like, mira, muchacha, come mi mano. Yeah. So, you know for a fact that the word, it was a different word there. Ekpleso. The person that was being expelled and being driven out, I think, was Jesus. They were amazed, absolutely. But there's a reason. There's a reason that when he was 12 years old, guess what? He was capable. I mean, he had the word of God inside of him. He had the spirit of God moving in him. But he was 12 years old and God gave him to some 
earthly parents because he was supposed to be placed under authority for a reason. Jesus himself was placed under authority for a reason. And that's so he can understand what his process was supposed to produce. Amen? Jesus was placed for a reason. 12 years old, is he capable? Absolutely. He was capable. But God wanted him in his process, in his life, to find relevance in what God wanted to do in his life. And guess what? Jesus had a well too. (laughs) Jesus had a well. In Luke chapter 3, verse 23. And let's go there. It's, it's right next, next page for me. Um, it's funny because we see years later after Jesus grew up, he's now in his 30s. And what's going on is that he just got baptized. Okay, he was, he, he, the, the, the spirit fell upon him like a dove. Let's read that. Jesus, uh, let's go to 20, verse 21. Let's just go back a little bit. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. This is again Luke 3, 21. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Jonah, dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son who I love. With you I'm well pleased. And check out verse 23. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Okay. Anybody, everybody's verse, this is NIV. By the way, but you read almost every other translation, it says the same thing. It says that he was 30 years old when he began his ministry, right? So we think, wow, he finally, he became 30, and now he's going to begin to move in where God has called him, right? He's, gonna, uh, he's achieved where God wants him. His purpose is to go out there now and, and, and share the message. Amen when we say that, right? But the problem here is one thing. When you look at the translation again, when you look at what ministry actually meant, the King James Version actually says that he began to be about 30 years old, right? Well, the word be actually means he began to be means I was. Be means I have been. Be means I was already. So the message is actually telling us is that he began to do something that he was already in. He didn't start his ministry. He, he didn't start now to serve the Lord, now to get close to God, now to... No, it says that he was. He began to do something he already was doing or he was already. The only difference there when, you read, when we read this verse is that the only thing that happened, he began to be What? He began to be relevant to this world. Come on. He began to be relevant to people that were close to him. Now God was saying, you're going to go out there and people are going to start recognizing you because you understand what process is all about. And now that you know what process is all about, I know you're not going to leave it. Come on. I know you're not going to leave your process because you learned authority under a carpenter. Because you learned and you understood when your parents wanted you to do something that even though you can move mountains with, a, with, with I don't know, with, with, a, with a, a snap or with a word, that you still are called to live under process. 
And what happens after that? It's funny because we can say, oh, okay, fine, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Well, for those of you who are such in a rush to, to do something that we think is big, that's going to make us relevant, well, think about this. What happened right after that? You read all these names because it talks to you about, um, about you know, where Jesus came from, all these things. Um, and at the end of it, in verse 4, you know where God led him to? The wilderness. So if you guys are ready to function in a certain way because you feel God is calling you, then maybe God is actually calling you and to be tested before you actually start your ministry, before you actually start moving in, in these ideas that you have. So if we're going to be called to do process, let's understand something. That process has everything to do with you getting dirty with God. It has, the, it has everything to do with you being in a well. And there's a reason that you're supposed to be in a well. John chapter 4. Let's go there. John chapter 4. And the verses 4, 10, and 11. I want to show you that we're supposed to take it with us. We're not supposed to leave that land. We're not supposed to leave our process to go to another land to create a ministry or start something that God has called us to do. We're supposed to take that well with us. Chapter 4. John, in verse 4, it says this. It says, now he, had, now he had to go through Samaria. It's talking about Jesus. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Listen to verse 6. Jacob's well, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. And it was about noon. Jacob's well. So Jesus went to Jacob's well. Oh, come on, man. Jesus went to a well, to a process of an individual that when he was living, he was getting dirty with God. He went to the well of an individual that was living in process. Man, if you read the story of Jacob, Jacob, Jacob wrestled with God. And what happens when he wrestled with God? He was getting into it with him. And God touched him. And his hip was misplaced. It, was, it came out of place. There was evidence to what Jacob was doing in his life. He dug a well. And there was evidence to the, his dirt. There was evidence to the process he had. And now guess what happens? A Samaritan woman in, in verse 10 and 11 comes around. In the coming verses, a Samaritan comes around and starts drinking drinking from this well from Jacob's well it's a parallel it's a perfect parallel to the story that I just gave you guys about Jonah let's go there she comes to the well and then she asks uh, Jesus asks her for a drink it says verse 7 when a Samaritan woman came to draw water Jesus said to her will you give me a drink oh man give me a drink from Jacob's well because she didn't have a well she came to drink from somebody else's. Come on, guys. She came to drink from somebody else's process. People in our lives that, that surround us are going to be drinking from our well. They're going to be drinking from the process that we're living in. And in verse, let's go to 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus was a mobile well. 
Jesus walked around and offered people rivers of living water that came out of his well. Listen, Jacob's well isn't Jacob's well. Anything that belongs to Jacob belongs to Jesus. So whose well really is it? He, he's, he's telling him, listen, the same way Jonah was looking for something spiritual and something earthly, Samaritan woman, young lady, you're doing the same thing. When the answer is right before you, you want, you want to satisfy your thirst. You want to wash yourself clean with the water from this well when the well that can wash you clean of anything you've ever done in the past is standing right before you. See, Jesus walked around and he was a mobile well. He took the process with him. He walked around and people were becoming cleansed. People were receiving from him. Why? Because he took it with him. He took the well with him wherever he went. He learned that as a young man. Wherever he goes, his process was taking that well with him. People would drink from it. What's purpose? It's the reason for which something is done. So we think so much about purpose when we're doing something for God. What's God's purpose for our life, right? We, we ask that question. The answer for God's purpose in your life is process. And guys, if you want anything else, if there's anything else that's consuming your mind aside from process, you're not authorized to have it. Listen to me. If there's anything else that's occupying your mind other than getting dirty with the Lord, Lord, you're digging. You're in a well. Jonah's been in this well forever. God, I'm, I, I just, this is all I've been doing for this whole time. I just keep getting dirty. I'm in here. I don't understand why I'm here. I mean, there has to be a reason why I'm here. And then you lose focus. But God's saying, no, 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 no. It's not the purpose. It's never your purpose. God's will for your life is his purpose. It's not yours. It's never been yours. God's purpose for people is to be saved, right? Salvation, that, that, that they can come to know him, that he can show them his mercy. But that's not your purpose. That's God's purpose. It's your process. If you need anything else in your life, if you're finding that you're needing something, you want something, and it's not process, it's not digging, it's not spending time with God, you're not authorized to have it. Let's focus on getting dirty. Let's focus on getting, staying here. Guys, when we are not focused on anything else, when all we want to do is be in process, we get lost in it. God doesn't want you to feel stuck in process because that's when we lose focus. God wants you to get lost in process because guess what? When we get lost in process, we go deeper, right? When you get lost in doing something, you just go deeper, you get dirtier, and you don't care. And that's what he wants. Stuck, we'll be out of there in a split. But if we get lost, we, we don't know anything else. We don't care about anything else. You know what? I don't care to be up here. I don't care necessarily to be a leader of, of music ministry. I don't care to, for people to see me. I don't care. I don't really want it. Because guess what? My full-time ministry is when I leave this place, when I go to my job, when I'm in the supermarket and there's a lady that seems a little weird that maybe she, it seems to me God is pulling them at heart and saying, this lady needs something. She's thirsty. And guess what? I have my well with me and I say, hey, listen, 
Lady, you're looking for something. What you're looking for, take it from me. I have it. It's not me, but there's something inside of me. There's something that I've been doing all this time. I've been getting dirty, and now I see that you're thirsty, but there's a well that I carry with me. Amen? Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. You know, I, uh, you know I'm, the, I'm the kind of person that I like to hear, like you guys shout and get crazy, and I love that. But you know what I also realize? I don't, I don't mind you guys actually being quiet and listening to me because something's going on inside your head. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to get bothered by you guys because I do that sometimes too. I'm like, I'm so, when Regal preaches, I'm like this. <laughs> and then like, he'll be like, come on, say! And I'm like, ah! But, but I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to grab what he's saying. I'm trying to, I'm trying to chew on it. I'm trying to... So it's okay to be quiet. If you want to shout amen, amen. I mean, I, I get that. I, I'll get that too. I love that. But if you want to listen to what's going on, because there's something that's tugging at your heart right now, praise God. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Listen to this. Now that I have already obtained all this, it not, this is Paul. It's Paul speaking here. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. Go. <laughs> Listen to this. But I press on. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. <laughs> this, this man was a powerful man of God. But one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind. Forget it, man. Don't focus on it. And straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. He presses on toward the goal. He, he didn't say, I'm pressing on because I'm going to be there. He knows the goal is for him to be with Jesus one day. But he's saying, I'm pressing on. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I haven't achieved it, but it doesn't matter because I just keep going. And what happened? I mean, listen to the life of Paul. This man that says he hasn't achieved it, but he's pressing on. How many people's lives did he affect by pressing? How many people's lives were changed by him pressing, him getting dirty with the Lord, him taking his well to people and them drinking and washing from it? Amen. Wow. He stayed in process. And guess what? Jesus stayed in process too. I want to take you. Hebrews. Hebrews 5, chapter 7, verse 10. And, I, and I'm finishing up as, as the uh, as a music ministry wants to come up and, and we'll, we'll play a little something. But listen to this. Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. He spent time, man, getting intimate with God. That's what Jesus did. Jesus left his 12 apostles. Jesus would always go up to the mountain to pray constantly, just needing to spend time with God because through his process, man, he was being used. Jesus himself knew this. And it says, verse 8, Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect. When was God made perfect? 
I asked that question the other day. Wait, well, you know, wasn't Jesus perfect? He was a perfect man, right? He was God made flesh. He was perfect when he was living here on earth. And so my question to myself was, when was he made perfect? Was he perfect, a perfect man since birth? Or did he become perfect through death? Good question, right? The answer to me and what I understood is both. Both. He was a perfect man. God, God was a man free from sin, sinless. He was a perfect man, but he became his purpose. Listen, through his prop process, his relevance, his purpose, his identity became complete, became perfect upon death. Once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. He won salvation when he was living here. He became perfect through his process once he died. For all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. You guys, we have to ask ourselves where we are right now in our lives, in our process. If you're not even in the process, I want you to recognize that for a second. If, if we're living our lives and we're fleeing from a call because we are trying to find relevance in some purpose, we fail to recognize that our purpose is our process. That we're losing our focus on where God wants us. He wants us to stay in that well. He wants us to take it with us. If you're in process and you feel like you're still not where God wants you and it's not until then that you don't feel necessarily relevant because it frustrates you. Well, that's, a, that's an indication that you might be trying to push God into something that God is trying to wake you up and say, hey, that's not where you find your purpose. That's where you find your process. If you're that person that hasn't gotten into it, if you're that person that has been getting into process, getting dirty, takes their will well with them, but doesn't offer any water up to anybody else, doesn't know how to get into their dirt. We, we have a different kind of dirt, guys. We get dirty because our dirt produces us a well that makes others clean. Amen? If you guys find yourself in any of these things, if, you, if you're thinking about what process is all about, I encourage you just the same way that Paul did is to press on, press in. It's amazing when you lose yourself in process what actually happens. It's amazing what actually happens when all we care about is not the music, it's not playing, it's not being up here and sharing a word, it's staying in a process as close to God changes our lives around that rearranges us and in that process people drink and are completely changed amen let's stand i don't know if anybody needs to spend some time and i don't want to rush this because i really want us to think about where we are if you're in any one of those areas, who cares? Even if you're not, if you're going through something and it's not in process, if, if you're needing it, if you're 
if you're not sure how to stay in it because you keep looking at everything else you can come up we can pray for you but I want us because I don't think this is just for some individual person in here I think this is definitely a word that can really touch each and every one of our lives right now somewhere where we're at in process if you're in it and you have been functioning in that process and just just kept moving and pressing in praise God you know what ask God to, to continue to give you the grace and that 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 intimate desire to continue to press in to continue to dig as we sing just one song just talk to your God right now man let him move you in process get back in that well if you've been up and don't think of anywhere else you might need to be but just get lost in there Lord, I, th I thank you, Father. Before we even sing a song, Lord, before we even get distracted by a, a song that's being sung, let us open our mouths. Let us open our hearts to you right now. Lord, let us, let us see what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to do in our lives, where you want us to be. Show us the location. Help us understand what that means to us. What our next step is supposed to be. Lord, help us see that it's, it's not out being sent to a land so that we can come out of where you want us to stay, Lord. Help us see where we're at right now, Lord. Help us stay in process, Lord. Help us, help us come back. Speak to each and every one of us right now, Lord. That we can come to you, that we can surrender. That we can surrender what we find relevance in. The things that distract us in our lives. Our own great ideas of something spiritual. Help us see you.